0: Keeps it right for Jones. Miller, a wide open three at the top. Got another one. Murray
1: State has pulled off the opening round. But the most important thing for this Murray State team is at the buzzer, they win it.
2: Welcome into the second episode of the Racer Rundown podcast. I'm Blake Sandlin, sports editor of the Murray State News, and I'm being joined by fellow Murray State News staff and uh, Gage Johnson, Adam Redfern, Keenan Hall, and Maggie Ann Ackerman. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Let's start with the freshest topic on our minds right now. That is uh, signing day, the initial signing day, uh, November 14th. So I'm just going to go around and talk talk uh, beats. Gage, we'll start with you. Uh, women's basketball, they had a few signings yesterday right? They signed two
0: in uh, Sarah Sutton and then I didn't get her first name, last name Worley Uh, both of them are 20 point scorers in high school and uh, I think both of them are in their top 10 all time scoring at their high school Uh, Turner listed Worley as a feisty combo guard and then Sutton seems to be about the same so it'll be interesting to see what they bring next year
2: Sure and soccer um, I saw they had a Several editions, I think nine in that class. One Adam. less
3: than ten, Blake. What's that? One less than ten.
2: Yeah, I suppose <laughs> so. Um, have you looked much into that class? I know I mean, we'll be joined by I, some soccer players yeah. to talk about it, but one was uh,
3: you know, one of our own teammates, Abby Jones' old teammate, uh Grace Bodker? Am I saying that right? Okay, sweet. She's from Sunbury, Ohio. Big walnut high school, big fan of the name. Mm. Uh, we got Tori Bono, she's from uh, Ohio. We got some local kids too, you know, I got Carly Crafton from Henderson, Parker Greer, she's the from she, beat, High, right? she beat Grogan's uh, goal record in Murray, yeah. Okay. From Murray High. You got Maddie Griggs from Henderson. Uh, both the Henderson girls played with be- uh, Beckers. Katie Beckers, I think. So yeah, that'll be interesting. So they're already gonna have they're already gonna have some chemistry with some team like, you know, players on teams. So that'll be good. Uh, you got Gillian. I'm not That's a unique name. Yeah. Nathang. <laughs> uh, she's from Anki uh, Anki. Iowa. That's cool. Lauren Payne from Louisville. You got Lily Strader from Highman So there's a lot of like it seems like there's a more local girls than anything. You got a couple of Ohio girls and uh one Iowa girl. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring. A lot of midfielders in this class, a few forwards, and I think one or two defend defenders. So I think they really what Matt Lodge wants to do is he had a lot of injuries in the midfield this year, so okay. I think he wants to shore that up.
2: Cool. All right, now that we talked about soccer, let's get to men's basketball. They had three signees today. Uh, Chico Carter, he's a 6'3 guard out of Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, Devon Robinson, a forward out of Alabama. And Matthew Smith, a forward out of North Carolina. Um, Two of these guys, I think Matt Smith and Chico Carter were teammates, uh, AAU teammates. Uh, Chico, I think he averaged uh, about 21 points per game in high school, Uh, I think Close to maybe four or five assists and about five rebounds. Um, so a guy that can do it all, really, offensively at the guard position. Um, as far as forwards go, it seems like they really got better in that position. That's that's position I think has been weaker, maybe intentionally, um, because obviously they target those uh, those more potent guards. Point guard you. Point guard you. Right. Gosh dang it. <laughs> uh, He's a number one. Did you see that somebody put him as
3: a number one point guard in the draft class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Bleacher Report or something. That's
1: crazy. I believe. It.
2: But uh, anyways. Um, but it seems like we got deeper with this recruiting class, and something more can change. I'm sure we can sign more after uh, p- potential transfers at the end of the year. But, anyways, uh, for Damon Robinson, uh, 15 points per game, eight rebounds per game, and uh, I read that he had a 7 5 wingspan. So, obviously, that'll help in the post. Um, he is the school's, he's, this season, he should become the school's all time leader in blocks and steals. And uh, I was just watching some of his film before I got here, and uh, seemed to be an athletic dude, always with an eye for the ball and a nice mid-range jumper, too. Um, So that's it with that class. So with that, I want to transition a little bit to what's going on in sports this week. Um, I guess that brings us to the most timely thing. Um, This is being recorded Thursday, and just hours ago, Merced Volleyball shut out UT Martin. So Maggie Ann, tell us a little bit about that game
4: yeah they ended up taking a three and0 sweep against them and like the first and stuff they took a little bit of an early lead and a big factor in that was um, Kobe she was like kind of the standout during that first game um, their biggest lead of the game during that was 22 to 13 so they won that set pretty easily um, but then in like the second set UTM uh, held the lead like the entire time and Murray kind of came out really slow I'm not sure why their momentum was just kind of off, but then, um, they ended up tying it at 19, and Gostino, Brown, and Lindsay were all, like, pretty on fire, like, during that set to help with, like, the comeback late in the set, and then, um, the third was also a close game until they started pulling away and, uh, late towards the end and stuff, but, like, a bunch of the girls that I mentioned, like, Brown, Gostino, um... Kobe have really like stepped it up. I know like a lot of people talk about how like Dasha and Rachel are kind of the standouts, but sure. like especially like watching them throughout the season, especially like this game, like Kobe is definitely going to be like a huge factor like next year on the team and stuff and like help them along.
2: How many are they graduating at the end of the year? Uh two. Two. Okay. And, uh
0: do you know who we play next?
4: Yeah, we are gonna end up playing uh Morehead. Morehead State. Yeah, which we beat them here recently, um, in five sets, which okay. was a pretty like crazy game. I
1: think that was our first five set win this yeah. season, right? Yeah. yeah, it gave me wow.
4: some gave me a lot of anxiety that
0: did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the segue off of that, they also they before the tournament obviously they announced the all O V C awards. Can you kinda just talk about who won those and a little bit about that kind of stuff?
4: Yeah. Um Obviously we know like Brown and Gostino are gonna get awards, but like Gostino was actually awarded um first team uh on like the first team all O V C but then something in as long as like uh Brown too did. But then also Becca Fernandez, uh, was the first in a really long time to be named like OVC Defensive Player of the Year, which the last time that looked like someone got it was 2016 but then before that it wasn't until 09 so we really haven't even had that many people be able to get that award but then also Rachel Holtes um end up winning or getting a second team as well as like contributing to like those awards and stuff
2: cool so this is now the 12th game in a row that Murray State Volleyball has won
4: yeah. correct
2: okay so they will face Moorhead tomorrow at 2:30, and uh, all roads could lead to Austin P. If everything goes at it as it has this whole season in the championship game, a repeat of last year's championship. Uh, thanks, Maggie Ann. Now we're gonna segue to football. A um, lot to talk about in football, especially after last week's game. Um, how many of you, were you all there at the game? Oh yeah,
3: we're I there. watched
0: it. Definitely ESPN Plus it was awesome. <laughs> okay. I was there. Live and in action. Yep. From and Missing the clock Freezing up and everything. Miracle. Yeah, nice. I, I missed no clock up. I was yeah. on the dock, <laughs> yeah. chill with the clock right? I was uh, hyped
4: in the stands. Yeah.
2: Now, if you weren't at the game, I'm sure you saw, probably saw the social media reaction after the game, I think it was a seventy-nine yard return uh, by Malik Honeycutt to cap off a thirty-one point comeback for Murray State against SEMO, which was at that point in contention for the OBC championship. Um, them and Jacksonville State were at the top, but that moves Temo to six and two and eliminated any chance of them winning the OBC championship and get a clinching a berth in the FCS playoffs. So, big win for Murray State, I guess. Um, Jacksonville State owes them a thank you. Was oh,
3: yeah. about FCS. Fans. They
2: were number 19 mm-hmm. FCS. Yeah, so, so a big win, huge win there. I think it would have meant more huge uh, if they would have beat Tennessee Tech the week before. Um, might actually be in the playoffs, but. Wins a win. Wins a win. They should more than likely finish third in the OVC this year. I think Semo uh, has EIU next week. Doesn't seem like it should be a threat. Uh, so Semo should finish in that second spot. JSU gonna gonna win the conference again. Um, nothing new there. At seven and one, the Racers. If any, everything pans out as it should. They should finish in third place in the conference. Uh, but this week, turning the focus to Austin P. A team that has kind of struggled after uh, Will Healy kind of turned them around last year. Uh, Austin P is four and six and two and five in the conference. Um, struggled especially last week. Uh, they're coming off a 52-21 blowout loss to EIU, um, and then they've also suffered losses this year to UT Martin and EKU uh, among a few others. Um, so a tough year for Austin P after a stellar year the, the year before. Um, so any predictions this game? Uh, how do we feel like the Racers are playing right now?
0: Well, I think they're going to come into the game, obviously, hyped up after a big win like that. I mean, how could you not? Right. He, you've got the attention you had on social media. I mean, you have ESPN all over it. It was the number one play that night. And it's, uh, it's big big to take that in going into this next game, the Battle of the Borders.
1: Yeah, I expect them to come out with a lot of momentum, especially after coming off a big win like that. So uh, tune in. It should be a good one. I think what's even
2: more incredible about that game, obviously the the honeycut play stands out and makes all the highlight reels. But Drew Anderson in that second half, after oh, throwing, right. I think three, three picks, three and he did fumble in the second half, and he might have fumbled in the first. Words, but, you know, okay, but
1: still. Uh, fun fact about that uh, return, uh, Honeycutt actually subbed himself in on that play before. Yeah. yeah. He uh. I and mean,
3: he honeycut that that defense <laughs> up, bro. Yeah, he yeah, <laughs> yeah. He
1: wasn't supposed to be in on that return, but he told Coach Stewart, uh, "Put me in, Coach. I got it." That's hilarious, and no,
2: I mean no fight from Coach Stewart. He trusted this guy. Right, of course. Wow, I mean that's a, that's a big play. But I mean Anderson to go 412 yards in the second half and throw four touchdowns after that abysmal first half. That's incredible, and it kind of shows uh, his poise to kind of overcome what most guys would have given. Him given up after that you know and I know a lot of us in the stands and in the media were, were kind of thinking maybe they they might go Shuler here and, and, mm-hmm. and Ben Shrew I mean, get, kind of kind of seemed to point at that direction at that point in the game um, so for him to come back and to beat a team that, like SEMO that's just had an amazing year thus far um, incredible win for Murray State and uh, looks like they'll have one more before we end the season. And probably finish in third place after being picked to finish at the bottom, excuse me, next to the bottom of the conference after Tennessee Tech. So that wraps up our football talk. Let's talk a little bit about Rifle this year. Um, coming off a first place finish at the uh, Buckeye Open at Ohio State. Keenan, tell us a little bit about that
1: match. Uh, well, I mean, continued performance by the Racers Rifle team. Uh, they've just been dominant all year. And they continued that as well. Uh, Barbara Slapfer, uh, the singer here from Murray State Rifle was the top scorer in air rifle and small Borer in the nation. So I mean she's been stellar all year and uh coaches uh pointed pointed that towards her worth ethic, her practice, just her being locked in, focused and uh ready to shoot. And the
2: ranking system we talked a little about a little bit last week after they um earned that number one ranking, but the ranking system is different in rifle than it is in maybe some other sports where if you lose, you might go down in the rankings or you might go up in the rankings. Explain how the ranking system works in that and that how you keep a number one ranking.
1: Right. Well, the way they rank it, it's uh, based off of the uh, team ag- aggregate score. So uh, whichever team scores the highest that week will get the highest ranking that week. Uh, last week the racers scored the highest rank in the nation. Um, highest score, excuse me, in the nation's. And uh, this week they scored the second highest behind Kentucky. This week, so uh, it's just based off of how much the team aggregate score is. So they should go down to number two in the next rankings. In mm-hmm, yeah. okay, gosh, gotcha. that's kind of kind of peculiar. Um,
2: so this coming week we will welcome Ole Miss to Pat Spurgeon Rifle Range. Um, have you looked at that that team at all? What what do we uh, need to
1: expect with with this matchup this weekend? Uh, well, we should expect another dominant uh, victory by the racers, but uh, you never know. Ole Miss is ranked in the top thirty uh, in NCAA rifle this uh, year, but um, we're getting Mackenzie Martin back from Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, shooting for our small board team there, and that women's national small board team there, and uh, it should be another win for the racers. Honestly, uh, it should be a good one though. So sure. at 9 a.m. they're starting. Saturday, November 17th, uh, coach wants everybody out. All right, you heard the man. Uh, let's talk women's basketball now. Uh, coming off a
2: lost Tuesday to Butler, 86-65, not exactly unexpected. Um, a great Big 12. Is it really Big 12? Yeah, I think so. Big 12? I always get them mixed not, up. Not entirely sure. um, Big 12 team and Butler. Uh, racer basketball is now 2-1 and one right now. Um, talk a little bit about that game you watched on ESPN+. Yeah. Plus. So uh, right, what? Was, this you... was a Facebook Live. Facebook Live. It, wasn't it, wasn't on really? ESPN. Yeah, it
0: wasn't was on like it Facebook was Live. Okay. Like replaying during the middle of the game. Everything. Yeah. The, like State of the, the art. Like, we would have the
3: ball, and they would cut to replay a replay of their players. Score. And then you'd be like, like something, would ha- something would happen, <laughs> and you'd be like, I don't know what just happened, but okay. They're ahead of the curve. we I had no idea how it happened. I mean, just, like, oh, it's a good
0: play. Anyway. When you weren't looking at replays, how did the race like, do uh, they seemed at the beginning they they had a good shot at the game. It seemed like they were going to be in it. It was going to be a toe to toe kind of matchup. And then I'd say towards the be- middle of the second quarter, they started uh, Butler started to apply some full court pressure, and you could tell some of our freshmen or some of our younger players got a little frazzled. We, I think at the, by the end of the game we had 21 turnovers total, so we we really struggled to keep hold of the ball. But outside of that, I'd say they played fairly. Fairly well. All things considered, it's always just going to come down to defense for them because they just got sprayed by Jennings. I think she had 20-something points in that game, and then they they got handled pretty well on the boards despite us having Evelyn, who almost had another double-double. But uh, the big thing was just they didn't seem relaxed or comfortable on offense, some to push the break, and then uh, that also led to some forced shots. I'd say is too. The Turley was 0 for 7 from 3. Outside of Lex Mays, we didn't really have that much shooting from 3. So I'd just say it was more of a – it's not entirely on the, on defense, but the 21 turnovers obviously doesn't help either.
2: Sure, it doesn't. Um, but, again, you kind of have to look at it, um, maybe in the grand scheme of things. Butler team, not exactly emblematic of how the racer team is going to play oh, yeah. against in OVC, I mean, against the conference it. this year. So maybe looking at Oakland City, Uh, maybe the Evansville opener. What have you seen in those, get through those games? Obviously, Evelyn has been a bright spot for the Racers in the paint, really um, profound effect on the whole court. Um, Besides her, I was looking at the stats on four scores this year and averaging double figures through three
0: games. So it seems like a collective attack from from this whole team. It definitely is. I mean, it all really does come down to what Evelyn can do and help because by having that post presence, it allows the floor – to be spaced more because you have more defenders coming in towards her, and then Brianna has improved a lot since last season. So you have that spread the floor, and then Macy Turley does an amazing job of running the offense. They keep it fluid. They're looking for their shots and getting open shots. Lex Mays is a great three and D player, and they've they've done fantastic on offense. And once they can figure out their defense, which they did in the first two game in the first three games, if you count the exhibition, winning by almost tw- over 20 in each one. So, I mean, where you really think about it, Turner's said it in almost all of her press conferences. It's going to come down to defense for them at the end of the year to see what happens. So we'll see when they uh, – because they have Lipscomb at home. They travel back home for Lipscomb Tuesday, and Lipscomb's not exactly a small school, so we'll see how that goes.
2: Sure, and we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, we will have men's basketball in between that. Uh, the Racers tip off against Spalding uh, for their second game of the season tomorrow – uh, I think seven o'clock. Not totally sure about that. Um, Spalding. It's a D3 team. Um, not much to expect out of this one, really. That's another one that really isn't going to be representative of how the racers play. Just
0: one of those games you got to work on. Yeah, you got to play. play. Game and get better.
2: It's a rare cupcake on on the racers' schedule this year. Um, in a, in a schedule that's basically made up of two SEC opponents, some uh, who else, uh, some Missouri State, yeah. um, so that sort of thing. So it's one of those you got to play. Um, Spaulding coming off a 78-55 loss to Hanover So um, if that tells you anything about the team we're playing uh should probably
1: say a lot yeah. But um, I went to high school with one of the guys on the team He's a senior, Okay, uh, Keith Wallace uh, I, he, I talked to him before uh, He let me know that they had Murray State on the schedule So he's looking forward to the game But uh, I told him to watch their heads <laughs> you never know what's going to happen Does, uh, what, What's the scouting report for Keith?
2: Got to watch out for He's this a guy. Good huh? corner three-point shooter. That's that's about all I know. Yeah. Okay, we'll see if he lights up Murray State. Uh, speaking no. of three-point shooting and uh, preventing three-point shooting, Murray State's coming off a game where they held Wright State to just three for 18 from three. Just an impressive, really impressive it's effort. Not good. No, it's terrible. Um, and this is a team that was a lot of the year was ranked uh, nationally ranked for the, for their defensive three-point. Percentage. Mm-hmm. What's that? I had
0: a spot in the tournament last year. Exactly. I mean, Horizon League champions.
2: No, I'm just saying, like, Murray State, like, they were nationally ranked in how, oh, in their that, yeah. defensive three point percentage. So, um, obviously, that's something that isn't lost with the uh, departures of Jonathan Stark and Terrell Miller. Um, three of 18, and this team has averaged uh, 11 threes per game. So, pretty good accomplishment there. Um, they held Loudon Love, which who is honestly a tank that's if you saw him. Held him to 15 huge. points. Yeah. yeah. So, really, an all out effort there. <laughs> Props to the Murray State Bigs. They helped. That exactly. That's so. what I was, I was about to say. Anthony Smith and Darnell Coart, Yes, um, impressed me a lot. Those are the biggest Dar- surprises in Darnell my opinion. Darnell
0: definitely impressed me a lot. Dude's saucy. Darnell, he was saucy. He's got, he He's got the juice. He's, yes. got He's got sauce. sauce. He was
2: cooking. Nice. <laughs> um, that's so
0: white. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, because it's like we he knew. He was
2: cooking on the court.
0: Was. He was. He giving them a, a good old he okay, <laughs> <so> <laughs> what's,
3: what's sneaky about Darnell? It's like, he's a big guy, and you see that. Like, he's like, how tall is he, 6'8", 6'9"? Oh, yeah. Six, let's
2: about six, 300 nine. pounds. Six, I'd say, yeah.
3: About, he's like about 300 pounds. Super quick. He's a big dude.
2: Super yeah. quick. Yeah. Like, Very in the post, agile su- for his like,
3: size. Does not, like, you, 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 they, he strikes me as one of those guys that, like, just gets boards and, like, kicks it out to the better players. Yeah. Dude, in a post, like, straight sauce is those quicker guys. yeah. Yeah, and drop, he played drop, a ton of minutes. So yeah, he the played a lot. He didn't right. really seem to get fatigued that, like, no. that much. Yeah, the yeah.
2: thing with him is, like, I was looking at the stats afterwards, and he had the highest plus-minus of anyone on the team. Yep. He um, he had 11 points, which, I mean, it's a decent stat line, but the yep. fact that he went for 11 points on four or five shootings, so, I mean, any time he shot, he was he was effective. And It
0: was just, just huge from the big men in general, because that was right. obviously something we lacked a lot last sure. year.
2: And, and we don't need our big men if, to be great. And then
0: Anthony having he had seven rebounds in the first four minutes of the game. Right. I mean, that's yeah, he finished. We didn't see from him last year, so
2: he finished with ten rebounds and four points on two of four shooting. And like I was just saying, like they don't need our bigs to be like amazing. You know, mm-hmm. you need someone to, see them to be solid yeah well be an winning. anchor exactly get, get boards.
0: That's what Breon's made his career here on.
2: Exactly. Uh, Smith looked a lot stronger at the paint in my opinion and there wasn't a lot of pump fakes, a lot of hesitancy that we saw last year so it seems like he's kind of stepping into his role yeah. um, so there's that, I'll say a few notes about Spalding as we um, prepare for this this game tomorrow, or I guess if you're listening on Friday it'll be tonight, um, Spalding finished 9 of 15 last year they're led by dominique ellis who is really their biggest threat he finished with 11 points five rebounds and three blocks in their first game of the season last year he averaged 16.5 points per game and shot 46.8 percent from the three-point line so crazy good three-point shooter uh, so that's something they'll have to look out for and Troy. uh, truly, uh a manor. That's what I'm gonna guess it is. Uh, last game, eight points, twelve rebounds, four blocks. So he might be a force in the paint for them. Got to look out for against Balding, but all indications say that Murray State should run away with this one. All right. So that's everything. We will now segue to our interview. We have freshman forward Abby Jones and senior keeper Alex Dyerwald. They're joining us, guys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you don't have to be scared. You can talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So. Anyways, we have them fresh off a NCAA tournament loss. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Good effort. Thanks.
3: Got a ribbon.
2: Uh, So I just want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I know Adam's kind of our soccer expert here, so you can lead this if you want to. But um, what's the approach going into an NCAA tournament? Like, is that something where you're like, in your head, you're like, we can win this game? Or is it one of those things like, all right, we're just going to show up.
3: Is it, play, more daunting? Try our best. is it
2: more daunting to play? You
3: Because, know, like, you played – you played, you had Georgia on the schedule. I got canceled. You right. played Ole Miss, and, you know, they were really good. They were good in the SEC. So, playing NCAA, you're usually going to draw an SEC, or like an ACC team that's close by. Like, what, is it more daunting, you know, to play these really good schools? Or do you really feel like, you know, y'all are really – you have really good players in, uh, all around the field. So, maybe talk about, like, what is the general mindset of the team going into it?
5: Um, Personally, at least for my class and at least the juniors, I mean, we've been there before. I mean, this for me was in Corey, um, and it's been our third time um, to the NCAA, which I think was really exciting more than anything for us. Um, I know that freshman year has been intimidating for some of us, but I think that, you know, once you start to get that um, experience playing SEC schools, like our sophomore year, I think we played... A couple of them, and we played. You know, we had a really high um, quality schedule that year, and I think that just experiencing their level of play has helped us um, over the years. And I think that um, you know having played Ole Miss for like the freshmen and sophomores, I think was really good to get that under their belts. I think that it would have been nice if I had Georgia as well, but everyone was more pumped for the game than anything. I think. I mean, there's definitely a bit of nerves that goes into it, but I think that that whole week everyone was just super excited and ready to play. So. I mean, yes, we know it's going to be a tough game, but
3: yeah, we're excited.
0: It's really experience. So, being a freshman what was the experience like for you, just all this that we had—the OBC tournament run and then getting to play in the NCAA tournament your first year.
6: Um, it's obviously just a really cool experience, I think. And going into the Vandy game, I just feel like, especially just being a freshman and the first time in, in the NCAA tournament, it's just such a cool experience. And kind of going with the mentality that you have nothing to lose. We're the underdogs, and. In my opinion that's a better position to go into any game as an underdog because they can underestimate you at any time and i think that we did have our chances to score and i think we did do well and it just you know they're a good team but i know we did our best i guess and it's just it's really cool to have that experience i guess
2: Alex you mentioned that i mean obviously it's the third time out of four years you can't really ask for much more than that but like is there was there a year that you felt more confident going into the NCAA tournament that you could maybe make some noise? Um, was, was it this year or maybe years I mean, past?
5: I think that every year I felt equally confident, um, but I know that um, last year our RPI was so high or technically I guess low that I mean right. it was really exciting to go into it that way. It was just, you know, frustrating that we couldn't host a game because we were so low that we could have actually hosted right. a game last year, which um, kind of stinks. But I think every year it's just gotten more and more exciting for me. I mean. Um, I look forward to getting to play with all these different classes of girls and everything like that and I think that um, every year you know just kind of knowing who you have and I think this year it was a little bit harder because um, kind of like was mentioned earlier um, we have a lot of injuries right now so we just weren't we didn't have the depth I think that we've had in the past which was a little bit harder for us whereas they could sub three to four people at a time we were subbing maybe one right. or we were waiting and waiting and then we had to pull someone I mean it was just hard to which credit to Lodge for knowing like who to sub and when and doing as best he could and everything um, but I think that it was just harder because we had that lack of depth this year, so. Sure.
3: Oh, yeah, let's talk about something fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, like, like your pre-game rituals and, like, let's think, like, walk through, like, game day itself. Like, you know, like, what do you what do you do to get you, like, in the mood? Because, like, everybody has their things. Like, I listen to No Doubt by, with Gwen Stefani for, like, my tennis matches and basketball games. And, like, The Sound of Silence is, like, a great song to get me in the zone. So, like, I just want to know, like, you got any, like, fun gaming day stuff?
2: Or? Like, before they answer, like, I always see, like, Murray State Sports always puts on, like, goes into their locker room and, and does a video, mm-hmm. and it's, like, the most half-hearted, like, we ready chance <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard. It's, it's very, very awkward to listen <laughs> see, to. you all.
5: started with the girls who I think were seniors or maybe juniors when I was a freshman. They were always, like, the... Yeah. And I think that after, like, five years of it, it
3: kind of... <laughs> Nobody cares. Like, we, we've been ready for four years now. Okay.
5: I'm they ready. started it when they, they just happened to come up. Like, they were just talking, and they were like, we got to do a chant, blah, blah. And they started it, so you got, like, half who were like, yes, and half who were like, all right, I was in serious mode, because it's right after we have, like, our talks, right. and then it's, like, everyone's serious, and then they're all, like, literally just laughing at each other. Okay. But... Whatever works for you, I guess. <laughs> hey, what
3: about you? What do you do game day? Like, you know, you go to class, obviously, or you don't. You know, you, I don't know you like I that. Don't. So, yeah. do So, there you go. So, you plan for that. Game day is clear. Like, exactly. what do you listen to? What do you eat?
6: Um. Well, I have to, like, schedule when I eat big meals, I guess, like, closer to the game, which sounds weird, but, like, you're supposed to eat a certain amount of hours before a game and stuff. And so, I always have to have. My chocolate Velveeta, At some point, my last Choc- thing, chocolate v- what? chocolate s- Velveeta sandwich.
3: What it's is a, that? It's
6: like. <laughs> <What is> that? <laughs> it's not please, cheese. please. Okay, okay. No. I, was like, I was like, are you eating <laughs> like, a mac cheese chocolate sandwich? Brand. It's, a brand. <laughs> it's okay, okay. But it's like a granola bar, basically, with like a sandwich and chocolate in the middle. It's really good. But it's like my last thing I have to eat before the game to give me energy. It's like grains, whatever. And then I always jam in my room with my roommate Ellie, and we always have to listen to hotel room service at some point in yes. because it's just solid it's song. a good song you know it's it's a happy positive vibe song so those are my two main requirements <laughs> vibe <laughs> <vibes. laughs> <laughs> Alex song. what
3: do you listen to you get, um, you get like some real serious stuff because you're always serious in the goal you know you got like
5: well actually I used to listen to a motivational <laughs> clip every like, game. motivational what it was like we listened to it in high school and it was like a three minute clip, clip about oh um, it was like you know, just like one of those motivational The Speakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was just what I would always listen to before and then we go in and do that. The chant, we adding, and yeah. then I'm <laughs> like, oh, That's right. it kinda messes. But um anymore I I don't like to be superstitious and I don't like to get in that I'm so just I a try stitious. and make stuff up honestly, because, like the more I do the same stuff the more I feel like I get in this rut where I start to like lean towards it. But I just I know too many baseball players too, and they're all like superstitious. Oh no baseball's so I, like the most I can't like I try and separate yeah. myself yeah. from that. So I don't know. The only thing for me is like the eating they times. Like that's color. what yeah. I'm really particular about. I'm
1: on the baseball it's team. Oh, you share hair color?
5: Yeah, you
1: <laughs> match him. Yeah. So what do you guys do in your spare time when you're not, you know, practicing or working out? <laughs>
5: um, for me, I um, coach some kids um, locally. I have a job, and now I have a puppy. So that's like my new oh, yeah. hobby, I guess. What's I think my boyfriend name? was huh. What's the puppy's name? Maverick. I saw his name. I think that uh, goose. He he was hoping that would uh, help take care of my um, sadness after. <laughs> <laughs> did did you, so. you see
2: the uh, Maristad news this week? No. You put a nice picture of you uh, crying. Yeah, it's a solid picture. <laughs> <of you laughs> was, that's what,
3: That's like the biggest <gasps> thing. Like when I talk to the players,
5: I can't. I know. When I talk to players
3: on like teams like I and stuff. Can't. They're like, they're like, well, yeah, we get, we get to use you for a picture. Like, what is it? Like, what does it look like? Is it a good one? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you a, guys
5: always like. They always. I did presentation my freshman year at the banquet, and literally my hair was like in the middle of the air, and I had this face, and I was like, like "So many people were going up and saying stuff to me." I took
0: took a crap ton of pictures, I just never really posted them. Like, like, I had like probably over like four hundred photos on my camera. I ended up only using like twenty of them for our stories.
3: Like the thing Um, is, like. Like you know, you're doing sports. Like I always, always have my tongue out. When I was playing sports, I always have my tongue out, or like always had like this like really okay, gritty story. face. They, every person that like does sports, nobody's photogenic. You
1: know, everybody's like
5: yeah. You know, like, but like, they not. always pick the they, worst exactly, one. Exactly. They like they go <laughs> like through. That makes a great They go photo. through. They're
1: like they like oh she's like
5: smiling.
3: This one can't use that one.
1: It's not a day face. So what about you? What are you doing
5: Yeah. What do you do?
6: Um. So right now I'm obviously I'm injured for a little while. So got about six weeks on crutches and stuff. So I'm just trying to. Focus on school right now, and get getting healthy, and just taking care of myself. Um. What else doing? I'm gonna learn how to swim because that's the only physical activity I can really do.
3: You don't know how to swim?
6: Well, I know how to swim, but I'm not very good at it. Like, I always like swim. the same boat. That's like I need to learn the trying, form. Trying to go with to my tank. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I need to learn how to be.
3: Listen, like I, taught, up, so. I taught I uh, taught two and three year olds uh. at, at a pool. So if you need any help, okay, <laughs> I might
6: I might have <laughs> <do laughs> a listening list
3: tactics uh, Yeah, uh,
6: I need to find a paddle for it. I'm a thing. lifeguard. I'm I'm
3: I'm not only a I'm a head guard at. You ever go? You ever know what Venture River is? Alex, are you from? You know. Okay. I'm from Ohio.
1: That, that makes me a oh, more God. confident. My son is pretty buzzed.
3: You should. Listen, I'm not so – I, I take – those little kids, they leave, and they yeah. have no
0: freaking idea what they're doing. But it's okay. <laughs> they don't drown. Wow,
1: right, so that's okay. the most important thing. Okay.
0: Well, oh God! next year, what, Who uh, that one? what are you looking forward to and how are you going to prepare for next year?
6: Um, I'm really excited, personally, for um, a couple of the recruits to come in because I played club – my club season with them. Um, Jenna and Grace were both on my club team, so I'm really excited to play with them. I know they're super excited to be here and just excited to have other Ohioans here, I guess. Um, I'm excited to just improve and build off of last year as a team and individually.
0: I mean, how, how did it feel to uh, know that you were all of these you and you've come over here?
6: That was really, that made me really happy. Um, I honestly don't try to go for awards. I just kind of try to play every game and practice as hard as I can, and that was just something that made me really happy. And all my hard work led up to it, which was just over <coughs> to get.
3: I got a question. Go ahead. I just forgot it, but I remember. Okay, I remember. <laughs> so like, you know, you <laughs> you got a, don't touch my moon ball. You got a lot of. <laughs> no, get leave that in there. So you got a lot of like. Uh, you, know, you see you got a lot of teammates in a recruiting class. So, like, how, that, how does that work? To do, like, does Lodge, you know, kind of ask you, you know, like, does it come to you guys, does come to the team and say, like, hey, do you know anybody that's, not, like, you know, could help this program? Or is he one of those things where, like, he has, like, clubs and stuff that he visits regularly? Like, how is that?
6: Well, I know that Grace, I have never heard of Murray State before, but Grace. Solid. My club <laughs> before, I was they, to say was, yeah. So, my, so Grace reached out to him through, our club coach at the time knew Matt. From England, or you know, those connections over there. However, they they're
3: worked. mates. Yeah, they're mates. Yeah. <laughs> so,
6: um, so Grace reached out to them, and they came to a lot of our club games, um, and they basically recruited all three of us at the same time. So mm-hmm. we all came down, I and um, I was older than them, obviously. So I, rec- I I committed first, and they ended up committing later. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how that works for me personally he I typically
5: goes to like the same showcases yeah. every mm-hmm. year and like Perfect. certain areas that he knows are like super heavily populated populated with like the regions like indiana and ohio and kentucky there's a lot of showcases where it kind of show like has like a bunch of teams from there and mm-hmm. it helps them out
3: um like, talk about, like, the recruiting process for you guys. You both said, you know, you never heard of Murray. Because Murray's, you know, it's a great great state. You don't know if you know about that. Murray State, it's a great state.
2: Um, I mean, we've only had, like, what, five dorms blow up this year? Yeah, so was, we, we had really a gas leak a yesterday at
3: region so they are trying to get greedy and get theirs redone before white, but right. that's not happening. <laughs> so, like, like, the recruiting process for you guys, like, you know, were, did you know in high school, mm-hmm. like, this is why I want to like I want to continue my education with soccer. I want to play Division One. Or was you just like like Murray was like, hey, we're really interested, and you just decided that's something you wanted to do?
6: Um, I knew I always wanted to play soccer. I didn't know at what level going into high school. Um, honestly, when I started going to some ID camps and my dad would take me and stuff, he'd be like, he's really he's a realist. Like he will tell you as it is, and he told me straight up. He's like, I don't think you can play D One. Like. I just don't see shove doing him, that. Tell him to Shove it up his- that. That made me really angry. <laughs> and I was like, I'll show you. And it, it really it made me cry, but I was like, I want to play D1 somewhere. And so that's, you know, and this is the perfect place for me. So I love it.
2: Take that, Dad. Yeah, it's it's it,
3: love shove love it, shove it, Dad. How <laughs> <laughs> about you, Alex? Like, you know, like, as a goalkeeper, like, you know, there's a lot of places on the field for infield players to play. There's only one keeper. And so, like, yeah. when you recruit keepers, it seems like, you know, there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of good keepers because when you're a little kid, keepers are always the least foot skilled people. Like they're all like you know, like you have no foot skill getting the goal. Like that's always yeah. how it is. So like, let's talk about that.
5: Um, I mean, what's the question? Okay, uh, let's like, talk, like, like like, talk, talk about.
0: Like, how talk about? Jeez, like, uh, like you're like, want to be a keeper and then yeah, what made your, yeah. your journey here? So okay, you like, well,
5: was, originally I was a forward as like really young and then. I'd say sixth grade is when I fully committed to being a goalie. Um, I really don't, like I know I played both positions like a lot, like probably equal, but then all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, like this is so much fun, it's so different, like I liked being, doing my own thing, like being different than what, like typical soccer and stuff like that, and I don't know, I just really grew on me, and then I got to do some personal training the first few years, and that really helped, I think, um, develop my skills as a keeper, because I don't think I was quite there. and then high school was a little bit challenging because I essentially sat my first three years basically um, just because there was a goalie who was a year older than me and um, you know she was a great keeper and everything and so like and I would kind of sit for both JB and varsity because um, of like you know you don't play so much of each and mm-hmm. I ended up playing field player more my junior year than I did as a goalie which was very odd for me because in club I was only a goalie but um senior year I got back to it and club I was always a goalie and I would play from my team and usually others just because like you said goalie's kind of hard and we were really short oftentimes um but I mean yeah I don't know I just fell in love with it and took it and went with it. Equal opportunities
2: you like your hands and your feet. Exactly
5: Exactly. I'm versatile. (laughs)
2: What's it like knowing that any time you all lose, that it's entirely your fault? <laughs>
4: <laughs> um,
5: I would, well, okay, so as a freshman, that was my mindset. Like, if a goal – like, if we lost, if a goal went in, it was all on me. Like, that's seriously how I felt right. after games. I mean, I – a lot of my roommates, I think, at times on the trips were like, what's wrong with her? Because I would go into, like, a show. Right and after I mean through club and high school and college the beginning once I had that like I was like I can't do this to myself like it's just one of those things that you have to put up that like wall and like tell yourself like you can't go into that you just need to look at what happened for and all the girls are always like it had to go through 10 people to get to you so I mean that's something else that I which I don't ever think like that I think of what happened on the play what can I improve from on that play or like what did I do wrong or what did I not tell someone to do um, versus, oh, that was all my fault. Cause that, I mean, that's how it is, and especially as a kid, like, you know, you get scored on, and you're okay. That was my fault. Right. Like, so, um, I think that's definitely one of the hardest things as a goalie, mentally, to get past. So
0: with question. Yes.
5: Very, <laughs> it's a very, but it's a very real thing. Like, yeah, I mean, as a forward, like, when I would score, I was like, this is awesome. And then, like, the goalie would get scored on my team, and I'd be like, oh, like, like, Suck it's okay. It. Yeah. Like, but then when I, like, when you're the one in the goal, like, yeah. you're really like, oh, my God. But for me, the hardest position that I, I, I will never play is defense. Like, I think mm-hmm. that, I don't, I've played it maybe, like, twice, but. I don't know how they do it like mentally for me that's like you're a part of like the attack and the defense just as much and like I credit to them for like pushing past it I mean because they're involved in so much and like I mean we kind of talked earlier like they do more some most games than I do. And so I'm just like I'm very impressed with them and how their mentality stays so strong throughout the whole thing too. So
2: with, I feel like defense is, like, the offensive line of, like, of It is. No, it is because
3: you do – defense is, like, the hardest, like she said, the hardest thing to do. Right. Because, like, you got to think about it. Like, just from, like, a momentum standpoint, usually a forward has a full run-up at you. Like, they right. have all their momentum, all their speed coming at you. You're in, like, a defensive, like, a basketball stance, and you have to go from zero to full – like, match their speed and push them away from, like, the danger zone, which is, like, in the box. And, like, you know, it's always, like – if if you make one mistake in the defense, it's usually a goal. Right.
2: I just mean. Bro, I mean that true, but I just mean for like the simple fact of like no recognition. Yeah, no recognition. Like we I never was,
3: we talked about that. Like you're you kind know, of obsolete. Yeah, exactly. like there. Like you, you do your job. Like you know. Like often, like you can't be a great team without a great football sure. team without an offensive line. Right. You cannot be a great soccer team. You could score as many goals as you want, but if your defense is like butter, where people just cut through, it look at, like
5: Tennessee Tech, like. The last three years, like their goalie had earned like the defensive or goalkeeper or whatever of the year, mm. but they graduated their whole back line, mm. and then you see what, they didn't even make the tournament this year. Really? I mean, it's impressive to see, and it'll be interesting to see like how Martin does next year when they graduate like seven starters okay. and stuff like that. But I mean, it's huge. Like our back line, we've been very fortunate. I think all four years I've been here, and even before that, to have such consistent back line players. And I mean, like you see how many people in the midfield are injured and hurt. I mean. Almost all of our defenders at one point were playing on injuries, and they weren't, like, little injuries. They were significant injuries, but they had to play through them because, I mean, they're just tough people. Yeah, so
2: Yeah. Now, you mentioned the people from Martin leaving. Um, we were just talking about the signees. Um, Alex, obviously, you'll be gone. Abby, you'll be moving up and be welcoming a new class. What do you all know about this new class of girls coming in? Like, will there be much of a drop-off, do you all think?
6: I think there are a lot of girls coming. I don't know... I don't know all of them. I really only know Grace and Jenna and how they play. And I know that they are both super excited and have great attitudes about everything. And I know they're going to give their all. And so I'm hoping all the other girls are like that. And I don't know a lot of local girls because I'm not from here. But I've heard great things about them. And I'm excited for them to come in, too.
5: I mean, I saw four of the girls play this summer here. And I think that it'll keep up with the level that we've had here I think that Lodge and before him Groves I think that they both did a really good job recruiting and I think Ryan and Taylor are really helping with that and I think that the level's gonna maintain do you think your head coach being English is an advantage
6: Yes Because like Literally like
3: Every good soccer coach I know that's like College is like English They're all English Or they all have like Some form of an accent Mm -hmm. So I feel like (laughs) If your coach Doesn't have an accent You're in a bad spot Right If your coach Sounds
5: like me You're screwed
3: Uh, He's like Or if they are you Yeah yeah. Listen I I know soccer I don't know. I mean, he's
5: very knowledgeable. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's experienced soccer at a high level he does, um, as well, and I think that that's really played into it too. I think that part of it is, like, just the experience level of the coach themselves. Like, I know in high school we went from a coach who only played high school to a whole staff of people who were all involved in soccer throughout, like, their whole lives, and I think – and it was only one year that I got to experience that staff, but I think that it was a huge turnaround, and I think his experience – um, Brian too. I mean, I know he doesn't have an accent. He's not foreign, yeah. but he's played at a very yeah, high level. We
3: played, yes. played. Where, where do he play at? He played at. Uh, he played where the office is, right? He went in Scranton, Ohio. Then he played at A college there. That's Pennsylvania. No, he Scranton, yeah, scranton he, Pennsylvania. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
5: so that's not in Ohio. in like <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah. Sorry,
3: you're good. But yeah, well, he played at like a college. It's in Scranton. I mean, but
5: he, he is it? He professional.
3: He did. I, I want. He played in. I don't know.
5: There's another. Um. Like English? Was no, it was um. It, Amer- was it in Was it America? No, I think it was foreign. Wasn't it foreign? Yeah. Wasn't it in? No, I think. But it yeah, was. I see
3: Ryan. Ryan, I see him playing around a lot. Dude's yeah, got a lot of skill. Like
5: yeah. you know, he th- him and Lodge. He the two of them together, together, their shots are insane. Like he's a lefty, Lodge is righty. It's just. Yeah.
2: Yeah, both foots.
5: Yeah. both foots, both feet. I'll,
2: I'll ask one more just Good to close this out. Um, what's been the difference between, I mean, obviously you had Lodge on the coaching staff last year, but going from Groves to Lodge, mm-hmm. has there been much of a transition at all? For, I mean, obviously the level of play has sustained, but um, just coaching style and really how, how the whole team interacts, is it different? Between Groves
6: and Lodge? Yeah. I wasn't here, obviously, when oh, Rose yeah. was coaching, but I went to some ID camps with him, and I feel like, uh, (laughs) Um, Groves is much more intimidating I feel like I think Matt is a lot more approachable and personable with everyone Um, but I think they both have such high soccer IQ and I think they're both great coaches
5: Um, kind of like she said I think that well, okay, so when Groves, he ended up actually coaching Lodge part-time like when Lodge was um, at yeah, UK because they were a little bit apart, and um, I think that just having known each other for so long, I think that that chemistry was really good, and I think that they balanced each other out really well during sessions and stuff like that, but they definitely had um, different personalities, and um, I think that from experiencing Groves to Lodge, I don't think there was a huge transition. I just think that it was more beneficial to all of us to have our head coach be someone that we all knew really well. And I think that it was a more helpful in the approachable sense so like meetings and stuff like that were still very easy and stuff like that you didn't have to get to know a new whole coaching staff and um for us seniors taylor we actually got to play with her our freshman year so that was really easy as well and i loved getting to work with her so really we only had to meet ryan which was i think a huge help but just the transition of that
2: awesome thanks guys
5: welcome.
2: Right. Yeah. alex Sagerwald and abby jones thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you back next friday for the racer rundown podcast thanks